Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss podcast. I caught you slipping there. You weren't ready. I wasn't ready. You know, uh, actually a text is coming through from our youngest daughter and she is trying to plan her 15th birthday party, which I would love to do a quinceanera for her. Uh, That is not necessarily our direct family culture, but it is definitely the culture of the area that we live in being here in Texas, close to Mexico. So I would love to do that for her, but that is not what she is choosing. So she is trying to send me details of which uh, upscale restaurant she would like to invite friends to, and then potentially have a sleepover after but it is really important that we nail down these details before she has shoulder surgery, because this is going to be a lot more fun. And the uh, pictures will be much more social media worthy if she does not have like a sling and scars and stitches and things. So yeah, yeah, you caught me slipping for sure. Well, I mean, and she's an athlete. So the shoulder surgery is after it's kind of like professional athletes. As soon as the season's over, they go to the hospital, mm-hmm. they have the surgery and it's like recovery time is scheduled. And thankfully both daughters are kind of at that point with their sports and, you know, as much as they work to get to that place or, you know, youngest is definitely the one that she's got some goals and she can, you know, as long as she kind of keeps her crap together, she can achieve great things, I think. So, um, Really, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, I think super proud. We are both super proud of Avery. And we have mentioned Kinley and Kinley's Confections, uh, her business. So our oldest daughter, we have mentioned her on previous episodes. But Avery uh, can get a shout out now. So she swims competitively. And she is really at the top of her game for her age group in competitive swimming. And so... Uh, we're really excited for what the future holds for her and praying for a full recovery from her first shoulder surgery and potentially her other shoulder surgery that may happen uh, next year. So, yeah. So shout out to Avery. She uh, works really hard, is super talented and has learned a lot of good lessons through her swimming career so far. Yeah. And she actually, you know, like Kinley's got the little entrepreneurial bug, um, making cakes. Avery actually gives, uh, private swim lessons now to kids. And it's pretty cool in our little community that they rally around that because Avery one state, you know, in a, in a, well, one state, second place in another event, third place in another. So, I mean, she's already got the medals as a freshman in high school to kind of carry some of that clout. And uh, she's building upon that to kind of create her own little cash flow fund um, to buy a car one day. And so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So today we are going to discuss uh, all things 
being social. I think that you're definitely going to have to take the lead on this since I am such an introvert and homebody. I may not have much to add, but I will do some question asking for sure of you. Yeah. But capitalizing on uh, social gatherings or social interactions is what we'll talk about today. And this really uh, was inspired by some of your recent travels. And so really just wanted to hear from you what it has been like going back face to face with others um, outside of your house and, you know, or outside of your small circle now that we are post COVID. Uh, yeah, I think the the title of this podcast, if you haven't already come up with it, it'd probably be great to say like face to face in a remote world or a remote working culture is probably where we're at. Um, we've all had to, our, our team in, in particular, you know, with being a work from home employee, employee situation, uh, we've kind of had to balance over the last two plus years, like what it means, what it looks like to get things done, but then also have relationships with others on the team and, now that we're to this point where most of the world or most of the U.S., we don't travel outside the world for or outside of the U.S. for work right now. Um, it's kind of back. You know, things are back. Conferences are back. Restaurants are open. You still will see masks and things like that in certain parts of the country. But um, I have had the opportunity to travel to uh, in May and June alone, San Diego, Las Vegas, Indiana, um, in Boston, you know, Boston. And then we drove down to Connecticut, uh, one day. And so been, been some different places, which is great. Um, it just felt so good to be back. And these are people that you have relationships with maybe before things kind of went virtual and remote. And then now you're starting to see people that you haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, and also just the connections that you may have built with others, across a screen just goes that much deeper once you're in person and you can pick up on social cues and things just a little bit different. So um, it was a really good trip, this last one um, to Boston. It was a conference that I was able to be a part of and it just won like people, the presenters, the the group that I was with, uh, we were just, you know, said it a million times, it just feels good to be back. and. You know, it's those relationships that we've maintained with people over the last two and a half, three years, but really haven't had contact with like we would hope. Um, a phone call, a Zoom call, they're all great, but it just really helps whenever you can have downtime social interaction with people, whether it's across the table, sitting elbow to elbow or whatever. So, Yeah, and I think what you described is really just the energy and enthusiasm that kind of bleeds into the whole event and the whole atmosphere that you just don't get from a video conference like you do in person. And the other, you know, parts that you don't get when it's a scheduled video conference or scheduled video meeting, you don't get the after the fact like, hey, you know, after dinner, we can go grab drinks or we can go listen to music or, hey, my plane leaves at this time. Do you want to share um, an Uber to the airport and you get an extra 30 minutes or, you know, whatever it might be to learn just a little bit more about that person that may not have anything to do with business 
or maybe the best piece of business advice you've ever heard um, just in casual conversation with that extra time. I feel like when we have a scheduled meeting, you kind of have a dedicated start and usually an end time uh, that kind of prohibits any extra conversation. It really helps to focus it. And while I love efficiency and that makes things very efficient, you can get a lot of things done. It's not uh, much for the relationship building piece or the enjoyment social aspect of working and being in communication with other people. Yeah, um, ultimately we love the efficiency that comes with working remotely and the great deep work that people can do where they feel the best equipped to do that. And for us, our team, it's been that they are most efficient at home in their own little bubble. And, but you also have to come together as a team. And, you know, even as part of this team that was at this conference doing this event, um, you know, just the human element of being with others, I think it, it goes so far. And so, uh, the deepening of relationships around, you know, just a table and no preset agenda. And it's just the, the in-between is where those connections are made and, and made for years, you know? And so immediately coming back from, from Boston, probably even while I was still in Boston, it was like, okay, what does it look like to the next one, which is in Dallas, you know, take a part of our team that may be missing out on this as well, because we had friends that were firm owners there that chose to bring majority of their team or parts of their team and seeing them interact with one another and them be together, even though they, that those people, they're in office every day together, but it's still change of place, change of pace. It helps solidify a deeper relationship. And so I kind of came away from, okay, the time is right. Let's do this. Um, let's, let's see one who is available to go. So we kind of put feelers out there as far as what we would say leadership is within the different teams and different functions of teams and who responsibilities wise could be able to go on a, on a trip to go to the next one. And obviously it's an investment, you know, we have to spend some dollars for the conference itself, the travel, the hotel while we are there. But if that solidifies relationships on our team, people work and connect and carry that relationship throughout the next three to six months and have a little bit more empathy or understanding whenever they're talking to someone through a zoom screen or through a call after we go back, you know, to our respective bubbles, then that's ultimately a great return on investment. And so, um, we're very fortunate as well to have an office space. And so, you know, we are a remote workplace, but we still have a, an HQ, so to speak, and we still have conference rooms and a team room and things like that. And so even, opening back up the conversation about what does it look like to op not, not even open the office. That's not the right term, but just how do you come together belly to belly, face to face for interactions? And so we've had people say, Hey, I'd love to work from the office. I've heard that from, from people that are new to the team that have never experienced like a remote culture before. 
Uh, I've heard that from others who worked in an office prior to going remote. Hey, I would love to work in the office some. And I think whenever we hear that, we have to say, tell me what that means to you. Like work from the office. What are, what are your expectations for that visit? What do you want that to look like when you leave for the day? And so in that kind of deeper dive into those conversations, it's more of they want the social aspect that comes from being a part of the team. They, they know that they're not going to get more work, more production done in that office team setting than if they were going to work um, by themselves at home during doing deep dives. And so as an owner and leader, I have to be okay with them sacrificing some production to come together is good for the long term and provides an ROI that I can't measure, but it is an intangible benefit to having a team, having great relationships with others. And that is going to bleed over into so many aspects of the team that we can't put a price on. So ultimately, yes, we, we approve if we ever had to. Um, spending budget, spending time, you know, opportunity costs to come together and have those interactions. Yeah, that's really good. And I know that just through conversations with our team and what people really do want, it's not so much that they're not efficient or effective at home, but it is, again, just getting a change of place and a change of pace just to kind of mix it up. Um, you get into a routine and you kind of feel maybe bored or maybe you feel isolated and a video conference just isn't enough. When you're in the same environment and experiencing that environment in real time with other people, getting their perspectives on things, laughing, joking, um, sometimes even going through really, really hard things together helps to build those relationships. And it gives you stories to think back to and to connect to and to tell for, you know, years to come in the future. And so those are really things. When we took our team to Mexico, we actually took team members who were very, very new to the team or hadn't even officially started with the team. And when we came back, everybody on that trip and of course the people maybe who weren't able to go but who had been with us everyone felt unified like we had been together for years like that it had always been this way just because of the connections that were made through that travel and through those experiences and so really talking with our team i think it's very apparent that it's not necessarily that we just want to be in the same location together, head down working, you know, maybe AirPods in, doing calls with other people and not paying attention to those people. We really want to connect with the people who are in that same room. And so I know one way that we have tried um, and probably just need to even go ahead and make it 
more frequent is having in-person socials. So having those breakfast meetups or lunch meetups or coffee meetups and just holding those more regularly. We always want to be so inclusive and make sure that everyone is able to come and to join what we are doing. So we're very respectful when we know that it's a busy time with kids or we know that there's a deadline trying not to schedule too many things. But I think that going forward, what we need to do is have more frequent social uh, events available for those who can and want to make it and be okay with, okay, well, it was, you know, four people were able to, were able to make it today and, you know, 15 were able to make it, you know, two weeks from now. And so, and just being okay with what the attendance is at those and knowing that the you know, the ones who want to be there and who need that connection at that time will be able to go. And the ones who, you know, don't need it, they're on vacation. They're not necessarily uh, seeking that attention at that moment. They'll be able to join in for the next one. Yeah, I think whenever people, hopefully you have the clarity to say, what do you really want? Like, what is it you really want? And maybe they can express that verbally to you, but you can prompt them to maybe learn more about where they're coming from. Why are we even having this conversation? And so that's something that probably you taught me. It's like, what do you really want? Don't sacrifice making a quick decision today because this is what you really want. So say what you really want with clarity and then go get that and be okay. So I can equate that to a lot of, things that I want in my life that aren't, that I can put my hands on, that I can drive, that I can live in or stay in or whatever. And, um, when we equate it to like a workplace, I think it's one of those, like, what do you really want? You really want connection. You want deeper relationship with others. You are, especially our team members that don't have, I would say like a, like, a kids or a lot of responsibility outside of their career or their relationship. Maybe they have a spouse or a, a significant other, but they don't have the level of responsibility that others do. The team members that have that high level of responsibility, they're, you know, PTA president, president of the swim team, all that stuff. Like they don't want one more thing to come to the office. And we're okay with that. Like you just do great work. You serve the client really well. You'd be a great team member. We're great. But others that don't have those connections on deeper levels with other people, and they may go a day without ever leaving their house or without ever um, touching another human being other than their significant other. It's it's one of those where like, oh, that's that's who we need to open this up for. And even with the opportunities that come along with like having a remote workforce and what that means, like the benefits far outweigh the cons because we can open up our recruiting pool and our future team members to like anybody, as long as you have a strong internet connection and do great work, then you could potentially apply for this job. Yeah. And that gives us a great uh, applicant pool. And so that we wouldn't ever, you have to balance out like, okay, who's remote, who's local. And we're going to have an event coming up in August where it's a, it's a team retreat. It's one of our three that we will have this year and it's remote, 
but for those that are local, they can opt to come to the office and we will video in uh, those that are remote that can't travel. And then at that time, we will also point to our year end retreat in December, uh, which is kind of a kickoff to the new year as well, where we are making the investment to bring everybody in and uh, we will all be together. And so I think those are the things that you've kind of mentioned, like you just have to have a plan and consistency because what we saw is the people that don't cycle through the office currently, they think this, the office is like some amazing, uh, it's a great office, but <laughs> they think it's a great party. Um, they forget what it was like to be in an office setting and how that, you know, it's not glamorous by any means, but I think they get in their mind, like, I want to go in the office because it's going to be so great. And then they get here and they work for like a, a day or they take a meeting in and they're the only one here or one of the few that are here. And they're like, yeah, I'll just go home. You know, like that I tried it. It was great. And so I think if you build a rhythm to your week, like, Hey, Tuesday, Thursday, I'm going to be in office. And then I get my other work done Monday, Wednesday, Friday, who knows what I'm doing. And that's kind of your plan. Then you just have to let others know that's your plan. And then maybe it works out that you all are in office together. Yeah. So practically speaking, just what we are looking at doing one, definitely scheduling a breakfast, you know, summer got busy with people traveling and just thinking like, Oh, well, I know these people are going to be out. We were out, you know, different things like we won't put something on the calendar if most people can't attend, but putting things on the calendar and letting those who can get together, there's a lot that can happen, especially when it's a small group of people and deeper conversation that's going to happen than if you're, you know, trying to share the conversation with 10, 12 people. Um, another thing is that we talked about having intentional days that you come to the office and doing that around times that are already have scheduled admin time in them. So if you have a department meeting or a team meeting, if you have uh, client meetings, those would be great days to be in office, but then also intentionally scheduling to go with someone to lunch that day or go with someone to breakfast that day so that you really have gotten your fill, that you are recharging that social aspect of your life. And then that way, when you go back to your independent working, whether that's in an office or at your house, you're ready to kind of put your head down, focus and work. Uh, I just think it makes for a more efficient and um, a better balanced person that's ultimately happier with, you know, what they're doing and, and how they're spending their days. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Um, tell me about now, in addition to opening up the office, what do you think, the, the long-term future of this looks like, uh, you know, no one has the crystal ball to see what the future will look like for either our business or businesses in general, the world as we know it. But what do you think the impact of this has shown us over the last two years as we have taken the experiment to go remote and then maybe what it tells us in the future as well? Yeah, I think always having the flexibility of remote working is the future. I think giving people the flexibility and the authenticity to decide when they 
come to the office or if they come to the office is the future. I do think uh, just based on maybe based on personal experience and my younger siblings uh, who are 24, 25, 27, 28 ish range of age and some of them that still live at home potentially they don't want to work from home. If they're sharing a house with their parents, potentially they want to work from an office to have some somewhere else to go, somewhere that's kind of theirs and gives them some independence. I could see that with people who maybe have roommates and they all work remotely. That could get intense if they're not working together for the same place. They may want to have a space where they can get away or even a spouse that they just work for home from home. Um, other things would be potentially uh, not having the internet connection or whatever it might be. I feel like that is more accessible now to most people who would be, I feel like we, we've we even seen some uh, people who are living, you know, outside of a traditional setting and uh, living homeless. They still have their cell phone and they still find a power source to plug that into, um, you know. So I feel like the, having access to Internet or Wi-Fi is probably the least reason that people will want to come in office. But I do think having a dedicated space or even a place to escape from whatever their other normal setting is, is always going to be a good option to provide for a team. Yeah, I think, well, one, we have no um, homeless um, team members that we know of. So um, if we would, if we did, we would make sure that they were taken care of. But the, um, I think people just want to be treated as adults. And I think that's the future. And we've seen that. We've seen some employers handle that treatment well. We've seen others that haven't and that have mandated you have to come back in office because that's how management or leadership determines that's how they lead people. And that has not worked out well for them, whether it's people leaving or not being able to hire people. Um, I think if you ultimately treat your team like adults and they have the freedom to say where they work, when they work, if their schedule is flexible. And as long as their production is there and they're responsible and they get things done, who cares ultimately at the end of the day? So I think it, we're, we're held to this new standard as employers or as business owners that they're adults at the end, at the end of the day, you know? And it's, it's one of those where we're fortunate enough to um, be able to employ people in those settings and the responsibility goes both ways, I think. And that's kind of how we will continue to see that trend develop. So we're not mandating by any means um, people come back in office or anything like that's just not what I want, what I would want if I was on the other side of that relationship. So I think with that responsibility comes uh, a great, you know, a great opportunity on both sides and what it looks like in the future is from my perspective, like having an office that is fun to come to, like whenever people are available to come to the office, what is in the immediate area of that office to actually make it worth your time to actually go to. And so 
you know, we're very fortunate to have some developments like that around us. And I just kind of think, okay, in three years, if the business keeps going this way, what does it look like to have an office in this development or this one? And, you know, we've, um, as far as part of our investment strategy, personally, we've had owner occupied real estate as part of our, you know, net worth and kind of investment strategy. And if you're going to rent from somebody, you might as well rent from yourself. And we've always kind of believed in that because a lot of successful clients have also done owner occupied real estate, but in the new era of work, what does that really look like? And maybe you forego what you were doing there from an investment strategy to really empower the team to want to come to the office. And so, um, or not even want to come to the office, but just want to have relationship. Because if you want to have relationship with your team members, those relationships are what's going to carry you through the hard times whenever you're second guessing, like, what am I really doing here? Like, those are the people you're going to reach out to. You're not going to reach out to the business owner or the employer because they're going to try to talk you off the ledge. Um, so I, I think that's ultimately where I kind of see some of this heading. And face-to-face -face meetings, you know, happy to um, allocate budget because I think it's necessary for the culture and, um, you know, just what we believe and how people should be treated and how you emotionally have certain fuel tanks that you need to fill. And I think the, the interactions that you have with one another are definitely one of those opportunities to fill. Yeah. So you've touched on them, but just some of the downsides or opportunity cost or actual cost to having these face-to-face -face interactions or social gatherings, really just the expense of whatever you're doing, the time that it takes away from productive or production work. And then, I mean, potential, we still do have some illness coming along that, you know, could potentially uh, take maybe more time away from that person being yeah. able to work and be with their family, their health. Uh, but ultimately the benefits just outweigh any of those things that come um, really, you know, the benefit of the social and emotional health of each team member is what we're really taking into consideration when we're looking at hosting these social interactions or helping people get to face-to-face -face conferences, meetings, workshops, retreats, whatever it might be. Um, and then I, I think that you just said it, the biggest benefit may be just fun. Like it's just fun to be with people. It's fun to connect and it just builds um, just strong relationships that are going to last. Yeah. I, uh, so you hit on them. It's, you know, the cost as far as like the budget, the actual dollars, do you have the budget to do that? And then the opportunity cost, you mentioned it from a work slash production standpoint, but it's also the family, you know, like your life, the opportunity cost that it is to drive to and from and not be able to get your kid off the bus like you normally would on a certain day. Or if you're traveling, what it looks like to have sitters and kind of coordinate all of that, whether it's dogs, you know, or kids. And so I think what we tried to do in this, in this August event, taking a team uh, to a fairly close, I mean, it's drivable. Uh, we gave them the option like, Hey, if, 
if you want to, like, I, we would love to have you, but if this is going to jack up your life too much, just say no, like it's totally okay. And hopefully people realize like that truly was an option. Like I don't, you know, ultimately one way or another, if, if you don't want to be there, you don't have to be, but it's also an investment in that person, especially when you send them to like education or anything like that. Hey, we want you to be better. We are investing in you so you can interact with people beyond even our team, uh, meet new people, hear new things, take it home, live it, employ it into relationships. And like, hopefully people see that as an investment in the person, because I think it is needed. Um, we all kind of got tired of these educational opportunities behind a screen for the last couple of years. And so I think we'll continue to utilize this as a part of our continued like education standpoint. And like, when can we look for opportunities to take our team here and there and when it does make sense. And if it conflicts with their home life and it's going to create more trouble than it's worth, then that's an individual choice that is totally up to the team member, I think. And so I was really, I kind of threw it out there. All, all the people jumped on it within the first day. Um, just because, you know, I think that they're ready for kind of some of the same things that we saw in this recent, you know, uh, bit of travel and hopefully they see great things on the other side of that trip. So. Yeah. And so one, one area, just a practical tip that I want to give, because I am the person that's always like, that's not going to work. We can't do that. We, we don't have the budget to take our whole team to this conference, or I don't even have the budget to take my whole team out to dinner. Like that's, that gets expensive. Usually whenever you, if, depending on how large your team is and how big your business is, what you've allocated. And so just some other practical ideas if you do have people who are local, maybe you're all in office and you don't connect yet, or maybe you're local remote and can get together, um, find a place where you can do like a potluck brunch or a potluck lunch where people can bring, you know, certain things and you just all come together face to face. So it can be low budget, no budget. If you're remote and there, it's not possible. It's not in the budget to get everybody face to face set aside some time for just visiting. And a couple of things that we have done as far as like a virtual uh, meeting is basically how we set it up. We set it up as a Teams meeting and then we played bingo. We have, um, we always start our team meetings with like an icebreaker, but you could just do a round of would you rather and then let each person you know, have a turn to go and say what they would do and do a few of those, have everybody bring, you know, a beverage of choice or a snack. You can even send snacks if that's something that you want to do. But there are ways to connect with people if face-to-face -face is not an option or if face-to-face -face is an option, but the budget to provide a big um, setup is not there, there are still ways to connect and is worth the investment, worth the thought and the plan to make it happen. Yeah. I think the other, whether you do have an office available to you or not, if you are doing education, can you do that together in a setting where it's like, we talked about having kind of this live stream conference that 
has popped up on our radar, like just hosting that in the office for people that want to come. They can kind of get their feel of education and get a social aspect. You can also do that remotely. Um, we had about four or five of us that did the same continuing education course. And we were chatting back and forth the whole time about how crazy it was the worst course <laughs> we've ever taken. And I think it was an eight hour all day thing. And the guy was all over the place. He was an awful presenter, came out of left field with just a, a bunch of stuff. And like just the camaraderie around like throwing tomatoes at this guy, uh, you know, virtually was, you know, it was kind of fun. It was a memory that I have and, you know, others probably do as well. So th those are some of the things like in office, not, you know, what, whether you have that available to you, not everybody needs to get in the car, jump on a plane and go somewhere. I think if, if you're looking for ways to be together, there are more than enough. Uh, you just have to take the first step as a leader and put yourself out there that it is an opportunity and pull the audience, so to speak, to see if anybody would take you up on it. Yeah. And I think just being in quarantine, in isolation for, um, you know, however long we did that during COVID, I think it just makes you appreciate more the connection that you get from being face-to-face -face in person with people. So always having that as a goal to make that possible, uh, I think is, is where we should be aiming and working towards. And so um, this has been a great another great conversation and looking forward to the next. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.